This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, I think the biggest thing is he's he's more comfortable with what we're doing. That that was evident in, in the game, uh, in spite of the fact that you know they knew we were going to throw it. They they kept coming, and I thought he handled those situations very very well. You know, he got the ball out a couple times hot, um, got it out to where they needed to be thrown. Um, he threw some really nice balls. Uh, his decision making was very quick. So I, I again, I just think that now he's had a little bit more of an opportunity to 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 see the rest of the offense, feel the rest of the offense. And um, I think that's that's a that's a big part of it. The other part, I think, is you know he got a little bit of a reset. You know, he he missed several games. He had an opportunity to to heal up, to to you know to to look and feel better. And I, I think that's exactly where he is right now. Man, does that feel like years ago? That was after the San Francisco game when Wentz came in, looked pretty good. Rivera named him the starter a couple of days later. He gets the call against the Browns. Did not go well. They lose their season comes to an end because they get eliminated the following week in the final game of the year. Obviously, Rivera initially was going to roll with Taylor Heineke, said as much, and then pivoted to Sam Howell, who pretty inexplicably, after them not thinking he was ready midway through the final week of the year, a couple weeks later after 20 passes, they decided was going to be the starter in 2023. And that brings us to today, February 27th. Carson Wentz released this afternoon by the commanders. We're asking you, what you think of this group's judgment at the quarterback position, where they decided on Fitzpatrick as a starter, where they decided that Heineke wasn't good enough uh, after his season, despite the fact that he's had more success than anybody else. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then they went to Carson Wentz, who they viewed a sizable upgrade. Then they went back to Wentz over Heineke before the Browns game. Then they were going to go with Heineke before going with Sam Howell. One thing after another would lead you to feel like Maybe they just don't have their ducks in a row when it comes to evaluating the QB here in Washington. Uh, But we'll take your calls, 800-636-1067 on that in just a moment. I wanted to talk about this a bunch today. We're not going to get to, but I'm going to sneak it in real quick before we get back to the phones. I'm sure you saw the video from over the weekend, spring training baseball, where the pitch clock violation ended a game. Yes. The Red Sox were playing the Braves. Mm Mm-hmm. This is the situation you make up in your backyard. Tie game, bottom ninth, bases Base loaded, loaded, two outs, full count. I'm, I'm not doing a bit with any of this, by All the way. All true. Tie game, ninth inning, bases loaded, full count, two outs. That is the me and Danny are in my backyard when we're eight pretending to be at the plate thing. And there is this iconic call from Vin Scully in one of these situations years and years ago that's on so many baseball commercials now where he basically, he says something to the effect of, there's no clock in this game. Eventually, he, can, he can't wait him out. He's going to have to throw the pitch. Not anymore, I Not guess. Not anymore. Because the pitch clock violation that took place at home plate ended the game in a tie. 
Now, obviously, in the regular season, we would go to We'd the 10th inning, where there's also now a ghost runner. <laughs> and so, in Things extra are changing, innings, bro. everything's changing. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on this because I, I was livid about this. I am pro pitch clock. I'm fine with it. I think it's going to help. There are games well under two and a half hours being played in spring training. That's really exciting to me. That's cool. My contention all along has been I can't have any games ending this way. They better have more leniency in the ninth inning. I'm assuming the umpire is just trying to go hard in the paint. It's point of emphasis now. But Danny, I mean, this even sounds stupid to say out loud. They didn't rule that the the hitter wasn't in the box. He was. They didn't rule that he wasn't ready for the pitch. He essentially was. They ruled he wasn't looking at the pitcher. Because the last part of the rule for the hitter is, at eight seconds on this 15-second clock without anyone on base or 20 seconds with people on base, at eight seconds, you've got to be looking at the pitcher with the bat over your shoulder ready to go. And he was not. He was looking at the catcher. Because the catcher was standing up. Yeah. The catcher was not ready. So Brian Snitker of the Braves, the team that was at the plate in the situation, said, well, if that's going to be the case, we'll just deke people that way all year long. If our catcher's not down, the hitter is not going to be ready to go. Why would he be? You get a free strike out of it. They got to figure some things out. Yeah, it's, it's going to take some ironing out. I think, you know, you saw this initially with the rollout of the, uh, you know, the foreign substance check. It resulted in Max Scherzer getting patted down like he was going through TSA. You know, like we got, got we got guys running fingers through James Karen Chuck's hair. Like they're looking for, you know, uh, like hidden razor blades or something. What it's a insane. James Karen check pull by you. Nailed that one. That right? Was, that, that is a deep cut. I mean, so the rollout is going to stink. But that's the point. Is they're, they're, they're trying to get the pain out of the way now. To me, this is analogous to... If it's a pass interference penalty on first down in the first quarter, then it's got to be on fourth down in the fourth quarter with with a minute left to go. I know it's unseemly. I know it takes a lot of getting used to, and it's going to you know cause a pit in the stomach here and there. It's going to happen over the course of this season, especially early where we're not used to this sort of thing. But you're right. There's some wrinkles that need to be enforced. For example, if the catcher's just standing up at nine seconds, pretending to go dee, 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 and the batter's not ready, it's a free strike. They got you got to fix that, right? Some of the implementation things you got to fix, but. The, the the this is a point of emphasis, and they're emphasizing it. And there's going to be some rough patches, and I think that was one. Well, that's all fine to say. Yeah, what happened in that spring training game cannot happen in the regular season. Full stop. I don't care if it's one or two times, or hey, you'll learn. Don't worry. In a couple months, it'll be fine. Uh uh-uh. uh Ninth inning, bases loaded. You got forty thousand people invested who have paid and are excited about this big moment. The whole game comes down to this culminating moment. The umpire waves his hands, comes out in front of the home plate, points at the guy, catches the firefly, and then sends him to the dugout. Can't happen. That's the end of the sentence. It, you just you cannot allow that. Mm. So I don't know if the instruction is, hey, we won't say this publicly, but privately, make sure we're not ending games that way. Let's let's give some leniency. If you need to tell someone, hurry up or get in the box or whatever, do what you got to do, but we can't have a game end that way. Do what needs to be done. I don't care if you get rid of the clock in the ninth inning or something like that. What happened the other day cannot happen when games matter. I was hosted on MLB Network Radio this weekend nationally, and Jim Duquette, the former GM of the Orioles and the Mets, came on with me. And he was saying, no, that better not happen in the playoffs. That's what he just said. In the playoffs, they, they can't have that happen. And my point is, you're right, Jim, but also... The regular season, opening day, game 52, game 91. It just can't happen in can't games happen. that matter. There are games that are going really fast, though. Yes. Like the byproduct, I mean, the Nets played a game in two hours and two minutes. That's Little League, we have to get the game done because the lights don't work type time. That's unbelievable. Two hours and two minutes is stunning. 
for a baseball game. Yeah, that's listening to the podcast at one and a half speed. You're like, that's unreal. That's insanity. I am for what they're trying to do. It's not for me. It's for other people, and baseball needs to make some adjustments, and that's fine. If Danny and my kids go into a game, can stay for three more innings, that's good. Yep. If they can stay up when they're watching a game on TV and catch more baseball at night for a 7.05 start before bedtime, that's also healthy. Games need to be ended by players, not technicalities, You know, not, not pitch clocks. That's my one ask. If you can't meet me in the middle on that, then we can't do this. But I think we could probably find a way to meet in the middle. There are a couple little tweaks, I think, that'll make it more palatable. That's the hope. All right, let's get to the phones. Jason is in Bethesda, wants to talk about the Rivera regime and their quarterback decision-making. What's up, Jason? Hey, guys, what's going on? Yeah, I wouldn't say I don't I don't trust Rivera. I mean, I don't think that's fair, given what he has to work with. We haven't really given him many options. So I feel like his batting average so far, really not enough at-bats to draw a conclusion. Um, I think really this goes... I'm going to let you keep going. Through. Hang on. I, I just want to follow up on that. What do you mean by that? Because he has full control. He's had three off-seasons now to either sign, draft... Develop, do whatever he wants to do. No one. What constraints are there? What do you mean we're not giving him anything to work? Well, with? I just, I, I just feel like this is more of a byproduct of the bigger picture. Grant, it's hard to find a quarterback. It doesn't matter if your owner is the worst owner in sports. Look how many, look how long it took Buffalo to find a quarterback. I feel like if you had asked Bills fans five, six years ago, do they have any faith in their franchise to find a quarterback? They probably would have said no too. I just think you got to keep, keep firing until you find the right guy. I feel I, I know Rivera's brought in the pieces and all. But there just aren't that many good quarterbacks uh, around. True. I feel like it's not really Rivera. It's more a byproduct of how far how hard it is for any NFL franchise, regardless if they have the most incompetent owner in pro sports, to find a franchise quarterback. I mean, franchise quarterbacks aren't growing on trees. I just think it's hard for any team. So I feel like given Rivera's only had a couple years, yeah, I mean, I don't, do I have faith in him? No, but I also haven't given up on him because I think it's hard for any franchise. I think that's a good point. Or anyone else. I think that's reasonable. You're right about that. I guess what I would ask you, though, is this. Like, they have had the option to draft Herbert and turned it down. I'm not really a Tua guy, but he played really well last year when healthy. Turned it down. Mac Jones turned it down. Justin Fields turned it down. Uh, they have had the, the option to sign. I could rattle off 15 names, but on the cheap last year, there were – a plethora of guys who outperformed Carson Wentz. Like I know you're saying it's hard to find Mahomes or Josh Allen, and I agree with you, but you don't hold against them that they have, when they haven't made a choice, missed on a lot of possible really good options, and when they have, have been wrong? No, I agree with you. I think overall he's done a terrible job. I guess what I'm saying is despite what we have so far, I wouldn't give up on him yet. Um, I can see why your point is valid, and I can see why people might give up on him, but I feel like it's still a little bit too early to, to give up on his ability to find a quarterback. Got you. And to Good be call, clear, buddy. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate you. To be clear, I'm not saying give up on Rivera and the whole era and the whole regime. What I'm asking, Danny, is should they be given the luxury of getting to pick another quarterback? Yeah, for me, the answer is unequivocally no. And and to, to what I would address, the uh, I think it was Jason, the point is that I know it's hard, but I also know that there's no chance when it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? Like, we're looking for the franchise answer. There's no way it's Carson Wentz. There's no way it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. There is a way that it's drafted Dave. Now, that, that those don't work out a ton, right? That happens all the time where a guy's drafted, never really materializes. That doesn't mean that's the wrong process. It's almost always the wrong process. The, the occasional time where a veteran changes teams and it works, it's like Hall of Famer that has falling out. 
with current organizations. See Peyton Manning going to Denver, you know, uh, Tom Brady going uh, to Tampa Bay. For the most part, if you're on somebody's leftovers, there's a reason they're left over, especially coming here. This isn't the place where they're, where they're going to go and, and thrive after the fact. They should be drafting people. And if their draft record is not terrible. Now, they're a couple of two of their three first-round picks haven't been particularly good, but one of them is. But if Sam Howell works out, that's a big feather in their cap. To me, they didn't go about it the right process. So because they didn't, that tells me I don't want you spending another single iota or resource on it because I don't want the next regime to inherit your mistake. Yeah, let's not forget. They're going into what is very possibly the last season for this group here. And I don't just mean that because they haven't succeeded. That's a big part of it. I mean, I really believe if Dan Snyder wasn't in the process of selling or wasn't dealing with Might be all different the story. investigations and everything, I don't think Ron Rivera would be here now. I think old Dan Snyder fires Ron Rivera after the Browns game, probably. I really believe that. But they have a reprieve. They've got one last shot. And if they're good, they can keep their job. I'm of the belief there will be a new owner a year from now at this time. And if that is the case, it is unlikely that this group is still here. So with that logic, whether it's, possible or probable that they're not here, if they are able to go out and pick a quarterback this offseason, you're letting this group pick a QB that the next group has to deal with, whether that's a rookie that the next group has to find a way to work with for the next four years of his rookie deal, or a veteran who's taken up a huge, massive amount of their salary cap. I don't want them picking the next group's quarterback more than I don't even want them picking their own quarterback. Yeah. Like that to me is the nightmare scenario. That's what the bad teams That's do. That's the endless cycle we've been in. It, it's Think what about it. All of the terrible teams do, and it, it it's a self fulfilling prophecy because you're bad, so you need a quarterback, so you're picking high, and so it stands to reason you go get the quarterback. But then you're firing a coach because you're bad. Now that coach is dealing with someone else's dude. Yeah. Think about when Jay gets hired. He's inheriting leftovers from Shanahan. Think about when Rivera Griffin. gets hired, right? He's dealing with leftovers from Gruden. Haskins. It's it's the worst cycle you can be on. Let's go to Jay in D.C. on the fan. Hey, what's Jay. What's up, Jay? Hey, what's up, you guys? I wanted to say that I, I think that um, I've lost all trust in them. Um, but and I like the other other callers um, call, but my my main thing is um, their track record hasn't been good because everything that fans and media has said, hey, this probably doesn't look good. They've told us we were stupid, and then we've been right for like multiple things. Um, but I'm giving I'm gonna give them a benefit of doubt because the enemy is coming in, and maybe the offense might might do better. Um, so I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. But my real reason my real reason for calling, I just gotta say one thing, man. Charles Gasparino, though, yo, I, I couldn't call Friday. Oh my god! <laughs> like you, you guys weren't ready. You, you you guys were not ready for him to say why. Like we like we don't like him, and I wanted you guys to be ready. I wanted you guys to be more ready. I was so pissed off that Danny was like, "Hey, let's get back on track." I didn't care what he said to say after that. <laughs> oh my god! Sorry, Jay. Charles Gasparino interview on Friday. Because I was into the reporting, and it, definitely it, worth a listen. He's the guy from where is he from? Fox Business. Fox Business, who is buddies with or used to be friends with Dan, and reminds us of that when he comes on. But he legitimately, this is not a bit. Halfway through the interview, he goes, you know, let me ask you guys a question. Well, what is it with you guys in D.C.? Why, why don't you guys like Dan Snyder? I don't understand. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And, and we're just supposed to find a way to keep doing this like, did he, But did he really sue the old lady? Like, did he, he actually did it? I don't know. I don't know about that. Come on. Come on. Come on. We're like, yeah, he did. <laughs> Go grab the podcast. TheFanDC.com. GrantandDanny.com. Slash audio. You're looking for Charles Gasparino. Jay, that's funny. That's funny. Uh, good point on the enemy. Nobody's really brought that up, but... 
it's a lot harder to make the quarterback thing work if you don't have a really good offensive coordinator. And I'm not saying Scott Turner isn't one, but theoretically, they just got a lot better in that capacity. I think we all expect that the enemy is better than Turner. If he's not a massive upgrade, then we're in big, big trouble collectively mm-hmm. as a you know group of people that want this team to do well. Let's go to Tailgate Ted. What's up, buddy? What's going on, boys? How you doing? Hey, dude. So you guys kind of stole what I was going to say. Uh, I have no faith in the staff at all. And I also don't think that they would be around here if we had competent ownership. I think that Rivera would be gone. He's had three winning seasons at a head coach. And I don't want whoever takes over next year, because odds are that's going to happen, to get stuck with a quarterback that they did not draft. I just want to have a clean slate with whoever's going to be the coach next year, considering these guys aren't going to be here. And we start from scratch because that vicious cycle is exactly what you just described, Danny. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody keeps inheriting someone else's leftover quarterback that they don't want that's been a head coach yet, and it needs to stop. Yeah, the idea that you hire a coach to fit a quarterback that's already there. We like this guy. Come get the best out of him is the wrong way to do it. It's, there's, it's not some random coincidence that all these different teams that cannot find a franchise guy, think us, think Chicago, and, 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 and a few other places, end up in that cycle constantly. Ted, did I see you were at Cap mm-hmm. One Arena watching the Caps the other night? Yeah, it was on uh, Saturday. I had to uh, make up for the last Saturday game I saw a person. Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna ask, were you at the good one or the bad one? But you saw the Rangers. You saw game. the good one. That's the good one. I was at both of them. I was at the <laughs> bad one. Drove <laughs> oh. twelve hours round trip for the bad one and a twenty minute Uber ride for the good one. So right. that's a lot better. better scenario. Definitely better. I didn't know you were in Raleigh. I'd have looked you up. Well, I appreciate you calling. Thanks, buddy. Good hearing from you. Uh, he just made me think of something though. Hmm. So. If I'm saying, and people are saying, I've kind of lost faith. I don't think they know what they're doing with picking quarterbacks. But I'm also saying I'm ready to watch Sam Howell. I think a lot of people think he's good or excited about him. Can both work, right? Sam Howell's their guy. If you're saying they don't know what they're doing, Mm -hmm. they haven't picked the right quarterback, but you're also saying, well, Sam Howell's legit, or he's going to be a stud, or I'm team Sam Howell. I'm a Howellian. How do you straddle that line? You see what I'm saying? That's exactly what you're saying. And should that be a factor in how we feel about Sam Howell? That if you don't have confidence in them, this is their guy, their hand-picked, drafted, mid-to-late-round guy that they're going to let run the show here. 800-636-1067 is the number on the day that Carson Wentz was released on Grant and Danny. Big weekend on the Dan Snyder sale reporting front. Josh Kosman, New York Post. Dan Kaplan, The Athletic. A.J. Perez, who was on our show today. Front office sports, all with different developments. Among them, Kosman saying Bezos wants to participate and bid, but Dan Snyder won't let him. A.J. Perez saying because this is now up to day 120 of the sale, there's some growing concern that Dan Snyder might try to keep the team. Uh, Kaplan, though, is saying that things are ramping up. We now have heard that there's only one actual bid to this point. It's Tillman Fertitta, who owns the Houston Rockets, and Josh Harris, who's considered the front runner 
not named Jeff Bezos, hasn't even bid yet, is still trying to get his money together with his minority owners. And Bezos is the wild card in all of this. But we'll get back into that coming up at 545 here on Grant and Daniel. Let's put a bow on our QB conversation. You heard the question I asked at the end there. The same people that are saying, yeah, I don't trust them. They haven't gotten quarterback right are excited about Sam Howell, and that does seem like a weird juxtaposition. Yeah, so there are a few things I would say about that. My big concern is I don't want them to spend another resource, another single-dollar draft pick to go out and target somebody else. They, they lost their privilege as far as I'm concerned. The appetizer was Fitzpatrick, and, and the, the coup de grace, of course, is Wentz, and that whole thing was such a failure and such a disaster that you can't do that again. Having a guy that you drafted, regardless of how you did it, I would have advocated early rounds multiple times over. Each year, you should try to take a swing of the axe. But the fact that you landed on this is the ultimate blessing for you if you're if you're Rivera and company. If it doesn't work, then we all get out of jail free. There's no commitment. Who cares? He's a fifth-round pick. He's a backup. He's someone else's problem. Whatever. If it does work, it's probably more Rivera, to be honest with you. We're, we're talking about maybe more years because it means your offense is good and you're a playoff team, et cetera. Yeah, imagine this. I mean, let's say they make the playoffs. They win 10 or 11 games. Their offense is very good. Bienemy probably leaves. He yep. gets a head coaching job. How was your answer, at least initially, long-term type quarterback? Mm-hmm. And you're right. I think there's probably an extension. For Rivera. Now, I wouldn't give extensions to anybody after just one winning season out of four. I would have them go into that final year of the deal and earn it and show me that they're worthy of the extension and that they're not going to step backwards after a step forward. But it would be really, really hard, I think, for a new owner to come in here after a playoff season. Yeah. Especially if they somehow won a playoff game. Something they have not done since 2005. If they were able to win a playoff game, you're right. I think everybody eats at that point, and and they're in pretty good shape. I agree with you on how, and that's kind of how I justify it to myself, is it's not like I'm convinced that Sam Howell's going to be the real deal. I am interested in him. I'm intrigued. I like him. I think that there is a starter kit that I like and that I want out of a quarterback in this league now. Athleticism, mobility, can run the ball a little bit, can throw the ball, played at a high level in college and in a power conference. Like There's a lot of stuff that I'm enticed by. To your point, most notably, you're not giving up any more picks. at mm-hmm. this. You're, you're not throwing any more money at this position. You, you're basically saying to this staff, you're sinking or you're swimming based on what your guy does this year. Let's go to John and Sterling on Grant and Danny. How are you, sir? Good, sir. Gentlemen, great show as always. Thank, Thank you about for it. your time. Uh, real quick, I am not a plumber. I can't fix a sink to save my life. I tried the other day. It broke on my wife. And after days of not having a working sink, she finally said, you're out. I'm getting someone that knows what they're doing in. And I think that's what it comes down to. Bad analogy, but you know what I mean. I know exactly if what you're you not mean. Good at it, if you're not good at it, you're not good at it. And he is not, he being Rivera, is not good at picking quarterbacks based on his track record. Let's just be honest. And so I don't, I'm with you, Danny. I don't see why you give this guy another chance to do that. Now, having said that, I personally think he's a lame duck coach. I think he's going to get fired this time next year. And I think the enemy is going to be like, do you want to be the coach or not? That's what they're going to give him the offer to do that. And then they're going to go after Caleb Williams. That, to me, as a fan, is chess, not checkers. But in terms of, like, uh, a plan and a path forward with this team. Yeah, the only part of that, and, and I think we're just going to hear this constantly, and I just have to put my seatbelt on because I don't understand where it keeps coming from, is this idea that the enemy is going to be the head coach in waiting or whatever, as if some owner is going to come in here and just decide that the guy who 
was hired by Dan Snyder, is going to be their first ever hire as a head coach. I'm not sure that I buy that. Having said that, if their offense is exceptional, they could fire Rivera even after they make the playoffs because I think an exceptional offense nets them a postseason berth and promote the enemy, I suppose. Uh There's a chance that their defense takes a step back. Unlikely, but possible that their offense is awesome and they still somehow don't make the playoffs. And if that happens, I guess that's a path to a Biennemi head coaching gig. But I'll let that be and simmer. I'll stop reacting to that because people keep bringing that up. And yeah. I just, I can't quite figure out where that's coming from or why everyone has decided that that's likely. Biennemi might be the coordinator of a great offense here. And that just means he gets to go somewhere else and be a head yeah, coach. That's going to catapult him. It's the last box that I think it's unfair, but it's the last box remaining to be checked for, I guess, some folks perception wise. I could see if Snyder still owns the team next year. That Snyder hires Biennemi. That I could see. Like, if Dan is still the owner, Dan fires Ron after they don't make the playoffs, and he elevates Biennemi, who he just hired, you know, who has a good relationship with Mayhew and Jason Pat himself Wright. on the back a little bit, yeah. If, if all the same people except for Ron are still here, in other words, then I suppose I could see that. Um, but more importantly, to, to his kind of thought on the quarterback position, it sounds like a lot of people are in lockstep on this. Let's go to Kevin in Arlington. Hey, Kevin. What's up, Kevin? Hey, fellas. So I just want to kind of come off a little bit of the, no, don't let him pick another quarterback in this regard. Uh, by the way, I, I think they've completely fallen on their face since the beginning. And I think that started with Rivera not finding out what Haskins' deficiencies were and going to Dan and saying, we need a quarterback. But whatever. Uh to me, you've got this new decision maker who apparently is going to have some power and say in Eric the enemy. And I don't know um, who that third quarterback in the room is going to be. There's talk about how being a starter, I'm all for that. And finding a veteran that, that the enemy likes. Well, what would be wrong with having a mid-round pick if somebody fell like Al has seemingly fallen based on earlier projections a year ago that he'd be like a second or third and he ended up being a fifth. What would be wrong with drafting a player in the middle rounds at quarterback to provide that third guy in the room to possibly push Al and, and to possibly be, you know, again, I go back to the Joe Gibbs model. 84, you draft Schrader in the third round. 86, you draft Rippon in the sixth round. 88, you draft Humphreys in the sixth round. All three of those guys played and took teams to conference championship games Two of them played in Super Bowl, ripping one one. You got to keep drafting quarterbacks. I think the philosophy is great, and I think more teams should do it. I think you're on to something and largely correct. <clears throat> I go back to I don't think this group will be here. It's th- that's the sailing point for me. And, and handing the next staff the guy you picked almost never works. So, what I, I will answer your question w- with a question, which is to say. Is this year one or two under Ron Rivera? Yeah, so if because this I, is, I would be all for it if he was early in his regime and yeah, he was going to be here. Andy Reid should be doing that. Now, not with Pat Mahomes, but you know what I mean. Like, Bill Belichick can do that. Sirianni. Sirianni and, can do and, that. Uh, in Miami and in Minnesota or wherever. Like, because, yeah, keep doing it. Because you're always, you're, A, it's part rainy day fund. It's part developmental. It's part you never know. I mean, you know, Joe, as Joe, uh, uh, good gracious, Joe Gibbs, whose name I was trying to remember, is coming up. His star quarterback got his leg broken by Lawrence Taylor. He learned. This could happen again. I'm not going to be left unprepared. And that was kind of part of the part of that philosophy. Let's go to our guy, Chris, who's in Hyattsville on GND. Chris hey, Chris. hey, what's on? What's going on, guys? Listen, uh, happy Carson Wentz is gone day, day to everyone out there. 
uh, listen, this is the thing. I, I actually I tweeted you guys earlier, but I think that the problem is it's when Ron's in the room. Like when when it comes to brass tacks and he has to make a franchise-altering decision, he's guessed wrong every single time. We've talked about this before when it seems like it's either the Martys or the Scouts making the decision. They've done quite well, both in drafting and in free agency. But when it's been upper echelon free agents, your William Jacksons, okay, um, or the top pick in the draft, Chase Young, or, you know, free agent quarterbacks, they've all been colossal failures. Hmm. So I think the higher the stakes, the greater the chance or likelihood or probability that it, they're going to bungle it. So Wait. that's why I'm apprehensive about them making a, a quarterback decision in the first round. So it's a really interesting point in that I don't know that Ron would be more involved and, and less involved in the, the lesser deals or whatever. I kind of feel like he's involved in all of it. But here's where Chris has a slam dunk is when there's more money spent, they've been wrong. When the draft pick yeah, is higher big up the contracts board, bad. they've been wrong. Yeah. So if it's as simple as, you know, the owner and the head coach and the president of football ops are probably more involved in these big expenditures than just the two-year deal for the safety, stands to reason. He's right. I mean, the, the, the bigger money they've spent or the higher up the draft board, the pick, the worse the results have been. Yeah. There, there is something to that. There's there's a lot to that, in fact, Jeeps. And I, and I think that's the that, – that, to me, Chris's hypothesis actually works for me. I feel like that's what happens with with Dan Snyder all those years. Like, like he doesn't make he doesn't make the sixth round pick. He's not he's not coming in from the yacht to go in the seventh round. We simply have to get this kid from uh, you know Boise State. He's doing the big ones. He's doing the 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 first round. The this is what I want to do. I feel like that's probably what Ron's doing too. Josh Kosman of the New York Post and AJ Perez of Front Office Sports have had the two bigger developmental stories here in the last seventy two hours on if Dan Snyder's going to sell. They were both on the Odyssey airwaves here in D.C. today. Uh, we'll let you hear some of what they said next right here on G&D on The Fan. A few things can happen from here. Um, we seem to be at a standstill, but Snyder could say, all right, Tillman, your bid is the most solid at $5.5 Let's move forward. He paid less than a billion for the team. He'd still make a fortune. He could do that. He also could decide no one hit my six billion. I tried. All right, I'm I'm keeping the team, and and that will will force the NFL to make a move uh, of whether to force him to sell or not. Or this could all be a ploy to get Bezos to bid as much as possible, and then uh, Bezos bids more than six billion dollars, and Bezos is the winner. So I think any of those are possible. That's Josh Kosman earlier today with Kevin Sheehan. He's actually going to be on our show tomorrow at 5 o'clock in between now and then. I mean, who knows how much is going to change in this Dan Snyder saga that seems to spin a different direction every hour or so. Welcome back, Grant and Danny on The Fan. If we know that Tillman Fertitta? Fertitta. Tillman Fertitta has offered and bid $5.5 billion, but he's not considered the front runner. Stands to reason to me they think someone else that isn't Jeff Bezos will pay more. I'm assuming that's Josh Harris when he gets all his ducks in a row. Dan wants $6 billion. If I'm just connecting dots and speculating, but okay. if we're saying Fertitta's got $5.5 billion, that's the owner of the Rockets, but 
He is not the front runner, as they're reporting, by the same people saying that's what he has offered. Let's just say Harris then is at 5.6 bill. The gap between 5.6 and 6 bill is not that huge. Now, I say that, and everyone on Twitter kills me. It's like, <laughs> you realize how much money that is? Yes. That's a huge percent. I get it, man. But I'm saying that if someone is willing to pay 5.6 bill and Dan Snyder says six or we don't have a deal, you mean to tell me that it's all going to end over that? I have a hard time believing that. That Dan has made up his mind and is selling his home and has packed up shop and stopped going to games and has been telling people in his inner circle for a while that he's selling and these other owners are desperate to get an NFL team and they've run 24 miles of the marathon and they're the front runner and now they, they need .4 bill more. And that's going to just, everyone's going to go their separate ways and act like nothing ever happened. I have a hard time believing that. I also think there's ways to get creative. Can the league help out financially? That's Wave a possible. certain requirement of 30%. Yeah. I don't know that they would do that and set that precedent. It's possible they could. I just mean, could they loan money to someone if they needed to? I mentioned this in the AJ Perez interview earlier today, Danny. Why couldn't they go to Dan Snyder and say, hey, you owe us hundreds of millions of dollars from when you borrowed money to buy out your minority owners? Don't pay us back. Count that toward your $6 billion that you're making in this transaction. They could forgive whatever they loaned him. And I don't know how much the number is from the bank versus the league. It could be as much as $800 million, or it could be a lot less than that. I really don't know. But that's a way to find some cash. Mm-hmm. If the league is as desperate as I think they are to get him out. I saw someone suggest, well, maybe he could throw his house into the sale. And that's $50 million that he's trying to sell it for. Now, maybe someone would go do an appraisal and tell you, it's actually $37 million. But regardless, I just found you $37 mil to help close the gap. I know we need to get to We're getting creative, mil, yeah, is the point. But why can't – it sounds crazy, but this is crazy stuff. Like, we're, we're talking yeah. about an amount of money that is astronomical. But again, what that assumes is you have a motivated seller, right? And that that's the key here. That's the, that's the multi-billion dollar question that we point, all need to know about. I do about. believe he's a motivated seller. That is speculative, but you're right. I am coming from that assumption. I am assuming he is a motivated seller. So if that's the case and, and his approach is let's get a deal done, then yeah, let's talk about the Potomac house that he's listed at you know, way too much money for way too many years because he's obstinate. Let's talk about all the other different options and creative ways we can get there. If he's not motivated, which is what I believe, I believe he's under duress in his mind. I believe he's doing this because he's being told he's got to do this. So I think he's created these arbitrary things, and he may yet get it. He may win. He may throw enough temper tantrums that he gets his $6 billion or $6.2 or whatever the numbers are. It's all astronomical and funny money anyway. It's all crazy. But I don't think he's sitting there going, I got to get rid of this thing. I think he's doing this whole thing under protest, right? So I just I still think it's going to happen, but I don't think you're going to see him jump over hoops and leap through fire to just to make sure that this thing gets done. They got to come to him, I think, on his terms just so he feels like a big tough guy. I think that with all the reporting, we forget that at the end of all of this, Dan has to have an amount of money that I'm not sure that he still has without a minority owner that ain't coming through that door to help bail him out. And I'm not convinced of that. I don't know that definitively, but that's what the tea leaves have kind of read for me for a while. This was A.J. Perez of Front Office Sports, who earlier today reported that Bezos is not out and that there are growing concerns among other owners that Dan may try not to sell. Uh, At the end of our conversation, 
but you can podcast from earlier in the show. At this point, I'm going to wait for, you know, <laughs> wait for a, like a very, very, uh, you know, strong, like, yeah, this is the guy, this is the next, this is the next potential owner. The application's into the finance committee, you know, in the packets into the NFL. It, at that point, it, it, after all this, I think that's when I will be <laughs> assured that this is moving forward. Until then, there's just so much out there in a, and it, from both, from, from different sides. And you, and it's, it's really hard to figure out exactly what's going on. And what, and that's kind of, you know, we, we should know and it should be announced, uh, you know, if when, it, when, it, when it's announced and it's for sure happening, that's, that's basically when, I, when, I, when I'll believe it, too. If you missed AJ Perez, he was really good. You can uh, podcast that conversation when we are done tonight. GrantandDanny.com slash audio. Uh, let's set up the phones, MGM National Harbor listener lines for you guys next on this. Do you think Dan Snyder sells, yes or no? And if your answer is yes, when and to who? Let's go on the record. Does Dan Snyder sell to who and when? 800-636-1067. We will take our stabs at those questions as well. Next, right here on Grant and Danny. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.